This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking Voyagers. The podcast where you can feel. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello from Hollow Earth. <laughs> Not to be confused with Core Earth. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, I was like, did I get it wrong again? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We take a move to movies, video most of spoiler review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 447. 447 this is like something out of the fp this is like some some code that we haven't uh that we need to ask brandon trust about hey yeah. brandon what's the uh 447 he's like oh that you don't want to know what that is <laughs> he's making the third and fourth one so maybe we'll find out <laughs> um well this week for 447 we're talking voyagers a film that's on nobody's radar that bombed this weekend in theaters. But you know what? We're talking about it anyway, because that's what we're doing here. <laughs> As we review movies for you. Yeah, exactly. But yes, we're talking about Voyagers. And joining us for this episode, we have from Sunny La La Land, an OG space invader for this podcast. It's Jordan Grout. Hello. It's Hi, Jordan. Here. Jordan. <laughs> Me. I haven't seen you since pre-pandemic, uh, every time that you've asked me to come see a movie. Right. And, and and you never did. No, I never did. Yeah. I was like, you know, I don't know this Jordan guy. I don't know him that well, even though I've known him for about like 10 years now. Even when I was like, Abe, hey, let's go see at the Metreon. I actually, yeah, I always feel bad because work did come up, but I love the stories where Jordan was like, hey, I reserved you a ticket already. You don't have to do anything, but just show up. And I was like, I can't make it. He was like, no, I have other things to do. I'm, I was twiddling my mustache. Like, yeah. sorry, Jordan, <laughs> not this time. You were too busy busy building uh uh yes Chappie. You know, she'll be building Chappie. That's children <laughs> for us. Building Chappie. <laughs> Chappie likes to paint. Jordan, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Got to see this in the theater, so that's oh, exciting. Nice. Exciting. Of course, as you said, it bombed, so there were, oops, sorry about that, there were only uh, two other people in the theater, three other people. It was empty. It was One empty. of them was Neil Berger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Watching his own movies. Like, he, I he, was pull, he was pulling a Nolan, just going around to different theaters, being like, look, guys, it's safe. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Jordan, glad to have you back here. Of course, you're our, our, our OG guest, as we like to call you on this podcast. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get to some show notes real quick. First up, new commentary track. It is April, uh, which means we're doing a new track. And as you listeners may remember, recall, we've been doing the Hannibal Lecter films for the past several oh, yeah. months. Uh, we've talked about Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, and Hannibal. And up next, of course, is Brett Ratner's Red Dragon, which we'll be recording mm. this week. So um, be prepared. I don't know why I like to pronounce the Brett Ratner part as if that's some kind of like, yeah, yeah. that makes me more excited that's about really this. That's qualifying mark. Right, exactly. Is but, McMahon uh, going to be on with us? I, you know. <laughs> did, you, did you text him? McMahon, as I call him. McMahon. Um, I, I, um, I, I gave him the old, the old email and he has not returned it. 
Uh, William okay. Friedkin also said no, but he also Bill? said, yeah, Bill, Billy Freeds. Um, <laughs> Billy, <laughs> Billy Freeds, a long halftime walk. Um, he um, been trying to get him here, but he yeah. equally not, 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 not enamored uh, by well, the opportunity. Well, we do the... We'll we'll ask him again for the Killer Joe commentary, like fourteen years later. Yeah, well, we got Marcus on for that one for sure. He loves Killer Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so are you excited for the um the the Hannibal Rising commentary? Oh, that's the our best. running the running theme on these commentary tracks is how excited we are to talk about Hannibal Rising. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, we will be recording the Red Dragon commentary this week, so look out for that one. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll be able to find that on iTunes, where you can find all of the episodes of our podcast. And also, if you want to go to iTunes and search for our podcast, you can also give us a rating and review. Thank you so much in advance. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that way, let's move on now. Let's uh, let's get to some uh, let's get to some now quickies. Yep. Each week now we we quickies. Trademark. That was like I was standing on a balance beam, and I kind of moved to the side, but then I got uh-huh. my balance, and I got it all together like, again. Oh, <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> Jordan, what other yes. movies have you seen recently? Uh, I watched The Unholy. Um, yeah? How'd that go? I made the trek to, to movie theaters to see that. Um, it's it's not good. It's <laughs> oh. predictably not that great. Um, <laughs> predictably. But hey, I was never bored, so there's that. And, I feel like I've been hearing that a lot lately. The I'm not bored, therefore, and I feel like yeah, a lot of movies that I see are bad are also not boring. <laughs> yeah. So um, but the 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 bar has been set pretty low. So um, but has a great cast. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, he can sell any absurd moment. Um. <laughs> he's he's a fantastic actor um and then i watched oh last night i watched the guard uh one of my favorite movies with, with uh, uh Gleason Gleason. and Cheadle. and Cheadle. yeah it was a uh, 4.99 on itunes so uh so i bought it and watched it and that's about it i've been so busy i haven't really had a chance to see too many things the guard's hmm. a great one i really like that movie. yeah that is a good one yeah yeah it never gets uh oh i can watch it i, I think i've seen it like 14 times since it came out <laughs> of like of, 14 of, times. And yet you just, <laughs> you just, you just got it for 499 yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the uh, Blu-ray, but now it's in storage. Got it. And you're like, yeah. well, I need to watch this. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I, and there I, aren't actually, enough clips uh, on YouTube for me to make the whole movie. So. A dark comedy like that. Yeah. Of Mark, of Mark Strong villain performances. That might be my favorite one. He's, he's very good there. Mm-hmm. He's generally good anyway. But, uh, yeah, but... he's he's friend of the show. That's how good he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Abe, how about you? What have you seen recently? Well, you guys talked about Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus Kong, v Kong. I don't know the order. Last week, I wasn't able to attend. I was on games, but um, I saw it. And hey, man, it's it's fun when you see the kaiju fights. It's not as fun when you get to all the human stuff because. That shit doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and you get a whole bunch of humans being like, hey, man, I know Kong better than you do. I'm going to show up here and let's try and, like, make giant chains for him to fight. But when they do get to fighting, it's great. I think the thing that really makes me confused is why did we have so many human uh, human character plot points? 
like that just seemed like it was i i suppose to to jump from plot point to plot point but at the same time I mean, you're answering was, your question that that's yeah why. <laughs> perhaps yeah but i mean you know if you're gonna give me kyle chandler friend original friend of the show is he well one of the original friends of the show give me more kyle chandler you know what i mean like just don't have him see like two lines to millie bobby brown and then be out of the movie um oh, wait, but, are there too many characters or not enough if you need more no, of this there's character too, there's too many characters <laughs> but if you're gonna give me kyle chandler specifically i i love to see coach taylor uh you know eat up more more screen time but there is a uh there's some really cool kaiju fights within uh hong kong and i i i have question marks about how they they uh, godzilla's uh spit venom works but hey atomic breath atomic breath sorry uh but it was it's, <laughs> it's a not good a spider <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time when when those those two are fighting and i i wasn't really sure where i was leaning in terms of team kong or team godzilla um i was kind of leaning more toward team kong and then you know they shake hands at the end so yeah it's a it's a fun romp just don't mind the human stuff. All right. Uh, I've seen a few things uh, this week. I watched Thunder Force. This is the latest of Melissa McCarthy and husband Ben oh, Falcone yes. uh, directing her films. It's it's also it's also not good. Um, joining the other ones that are generally not very good. Um, it's you know it's a super it goes for the superhero premise as far as her and octavia spencer get superpowers and fight crime there's not much to say because it's just it's not that funny i mean that's really what it amounts to it's trying to be a superhero comedy and it just doesn't have many laughs in it i think the the main issue i had was it just doesn't feel very thought out like that's kind of what i kept coming away with it's like i'm willing Mm -hmm. to go along with like a parody of this or just a straight-up comedy that happens to be involving superheroes but it feels like the world they set up just doesn't feel all that fleshed out. It just feels like they had a series of ideas that they put together and made this. And it's a shame. Like, I did think that there's moments where I laughed. But there's a lot that I didn't. And that's really what it amounts to, which is, you know, I, I'm happy that they're, they're comfortable working together. And they seem to have all their friends here who probably had a blast making the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby Carnavale and Jason Bateman and among others that have, you know, starred in their films before. But yeah, it just doesn't come together to anything that's all that memorable. So that's Thunder Force. Um, Thanks a lot, Netflix. Your streak continues. I mean, it's more the Ben Falcone streak continues as far as no, where, where, wherever he goes. Like, things things don't seem to work out for him. Let's, let's check it up to both. I mean, Netflix is about to win a bunch of Oscars. So I, I don't see Ben Falcone about to win a bunch of Oscars. Yeah, but also Netflix has been putting some straight to Netflix things that have been pretty average. All right. <laughs> yeah. What else did he do? He did the boss. Yeah, and the, he did there some... was there was Tammy was the first That's one. Then the, then the boss. Yeah. And um, life at the party, and super intelligence, and which was on HBO Max, and then now this on on Netflix. Oh. Okay. So he shopped it around. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've seen other films that are, you know, better. Um, the other is, um, The Man Who Sold His Skin, which is one of the best international film nominees. It is about this Syrian refugee who, in order to go to Brussels to be with the woman he loves, who is currently married to another man, he 
is offered a opportunity from a modern a contemporary artist to get a tattoo of a visa on his back where he will then be displayed in a museum or an art exhibit mm-hmm. uh, and so he becomes not so much a person as much a a commodity um, so he can kind of game the system as far as getting to where he needs to go uh, there is more humor than it might imply in this. It's kind of it's kind of darkly funny, um, while trying to address the nature of you know being an immigrant and what have you. I think the movie's effective. It's not quite like my it wouldn't be my pick for best international film, but I mean it. It certainly I see I see where the kind of the acclaim comes from, um, and mm-hmm. it's generally well acted. Um, and uh, more I think it. Similar to something like like Judas and the Black Messiah, I think it works as a it's trying to work in like a genre as opposed to being just a stark drama, um, mm-hmm. and I think that plays to its advantage as far as being a very watchable film, uh, mm. despite being pretty good but not great. But still, I enjoyed it. Um, and then uh, a couple more things after I watched Voyagers, I just got in a sci-fi mood, so I was like, okay, here's a movie about people that uh, have to suppress their emotions. So I watched Equilibrium. Um, which is just fun. (laughs) (laughs) Gun status. And they're genetically genetically engineered kids, right? So I watched Gattaca because it has a new 4K, which that movie's (laughs) just fantastic. Uh, Gattaca rules. Yeah, it does have a great score. It has a great everything. (laughs) It's just just really good. And then uh, I watched Event Horizon. It does have a lot of great everything. It has a great everything, yeah. (laughs) Gattaca, it rocks. (laughs) And then I watched Event Horizon. Because it has a new Scream Factory Blu-ray, and you know they're on a spaceship, they're traveling around. So, yeah, yeah. You need to see more Sam Neill without eyes. Yeah. Yeah, he does the job. So mm-hmm. yeah, just had a good sci-fi trifecta there. So. There you go. Yep. How are the features on the uh, Scream Factory? Have you watched them? I haven't watched it yet. It's uh, oh. there's like there's like an hour of new interviews. Um, right. it's, it's on my table. It's like well, I'm waiting to. I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. I'm, like, I'm ready to watch it when I get to it. But uh, it certainly looks good. It looks better than ever. Um. As far as the new transfer goes. Same with Gattaca. Gattaca looks fantastic in 4K. Oh, my God. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting. But, uh, yeah. So, good set of films to, to round out everything there. And that's enough quickies. Tim? All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. Well, we thought of it and what, when it's coming out and what have you. This week we're talking Space Jam, colon, A New Legacy, the <laughs> much-anticipated sequel. Really? To, yeah. To Space Jam. 26 years in the making something like that <laughs> but uh sure. we're we're doing it am i wrong is it 30 was it 95 Space it can't Jam? be 30 96 96 yeah. so it's okay yeah so i'm like yeah 25 yeah. years i was right 24 yeah. 25 stop doubting me <laughs> yeah stop meryl streeping me but <laughs> she was in a movie called doubt stupid for the people that didn't get it <laughs> But yeah, we have a new Space Jam, this time starring LeBron James as a man who, James. whose son gets kidnapped by Warner Brothers IP, and so he has to go into the world of IP Warner Brothers stuff to, I guess, compete because Don Cheadle's forcing him to? We've seen weirder premises. Have we? Pretty <laughs> <laughs> sure. Pretty so, sure. So yeah, let let's get into this. Jordan, are you a, are you like a lifelong Space Jam fan? Are you looking forward to the more Space Jamming? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not really. Um, I'm I, I guess I'm one of the the few who didn't even really like the first Space Jam when it was in theaters, and I feel like I I was the age that um that the film was was directed at. 
And yeah, I've, I've never been a fan of Space Jam. Um, I'm watching this trailer. I, I just don't care. Um, didn't, I, I, I had zero effect on me. Um, and it made me roll my eyes a few times. Um, there's a grandmother gag at the end, the granny gag where she flips around. And um, and a few people have, have said that it just looks like... Um, uh like what um what is that ready player one ready one yeah ready player one and you know what they're right it it sort of does look like it's just going through the same motions as that um and maybe i'll see it if if you want me to be on the show but <laughs> if not <laughs> I, I i really have no desire to to watch it penciling well, that guess in jordan grouch <laughs> space jam 2 <laughs> Tons yeah. of people love Space Jam and tons Double of people. Double feature with so, Uncle Drew. You know I'm happy for him. I'm I'm happy for him. Abe, how about you? Are you I know you've been bumping the Space Jam soundtrack at least quietly in your mind uh, for the past 25 years. Yeah, plus all the time. I, I visit the Space Jam website every so often because it's still like 1991 HTML kind of thing. Um, but uh, I, I remember watching Space Jam. I didn't see it until maybe like just a couple of years ago, to be honest, I've never seen the entirety of Space Jam uh, up until I was like 32. It's because you're so, really you're really anti Michael Jordan baseball, so you're like anything involving that, I'm just not involved. I don't want to be. It was a dark whatever. time in Michael Jordan's history, and you know I, I don't like to relive those baseball moments. No, it was actually just more that um, uh, I, I guess I just never got around to it. Um, but. Did I? I think that it's actually a pretty decent movie for a sports athlete to make, and especially like in 1996. And when it goes, it just goes. It's a pretty short movie. Um, there's not a whole lot that really needs to be explained. And uh, yeah, they cut but, out the the um, <laughs> the alcoholic mm-hmm. assistant coach uh, subplot in that one, so it really, really, did, really yeah. sped up things. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, just get Michael to Toontown, or not Toontown, let's just get Michael to the uh, the Warner Brothers cartoon studio lot, and let's just do it. Um, for this trailer here, I <laughs> I actually dug the trailer. I was watching it, and I was mad at myself for liking it, and I was like, you know, this premise <laughs> is better than I thought it was going to be, and I actually am kind of curious to see how the movie plays out. Um, I Marcus friend of the show texted me afterward and I told him this thing and, and he and I were both agreed we're just like man so we're not rooting for LeBron James in terms of the team that he plays for uh, <laughs> but it was one of those things where it's like I'm so mad that I kind of enjoy this trailer and I want to see more uh, about what's going to happen so, right, so Jordan Grout yeah. and Marcus Robinson Marcus, for exactly. Space Jam Legacy <laughs> Podcast this July Cross the T, got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, boom. Um, I mean, I, I, <laughs> this trailer, Space Space Jam is fine to be the first one. I, I, I enjoy Space Jam well enough. I don't like go back and visit it all the time, but when the opportunity arises, I'm not sitting there thinking I don't want to watch this. Uh, compared to other like '90s kids movies where I do roll my eyes at, this one's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Michael Jordan does his job. Um. <clears throat> This one, I like the idea that it feels like Spielberg just like left a box of stuff from Ready Player One behind, and it's like, <laughs> guys, guess what we found? It's just like all this IP, and they're like, what? If, what? Let's yeah, let's throw, let's do this, and let's yeah, Space Jam, got it, we did it, <laughs> and here we are. Um, 
I like LeBron as a screen presence. Like he seems mm-hmm. to know how to have fun on camera. Um, so I I hope that pays off as far as putting him as the you know main lead this time around. I I I mean I guess if they need to market a new Space Jam, they found their in as far as just like it's everything. One you know HBO Max has come to life and is sucking you into their world now. I guess is their their hook. <laughs> Which I find interesting because it's Space Jam, and I thought there'd be a lot more emphasis on the Looney Tunes characters. But I mean, there's still more time to come for trailers, I guess, to get more of those deep invested interests in what Porky <laughs> Pig's been up to in 25 years. But um, I, I, I've been less intrigued by the movie itself and more by just all the shit in the background of this trailer because I keep like going back to it to look a at lot, stuff. Yeah, there's a lot happening, and it's so weird the choices because it's like, all right, Scooby Doo, sure that makes sense, but like. The, the war boys from mad max and like the droogs from clockwork orange and mm-hmm. mul- multiple different versions of joker and penguin and like places like this is intense like i am surprised yes. by all of the stuff happening in the background and it's gonna be on hbo max so you're gonna get like screenshots for days of like all the depth that they tried to put into this space jam sequel so that surprises me um it's what like uh i know what what coogler's producing and you have malcolm d lee uh, directing like i like those guys so sure i i i'm not uninterested in this i can't say that i'm like super excited for space jam and new legacy but it's like all right you have my attention like let's see where see where this goes that's that's kind of weird google co-write it as well or am i uh i mean maybe he, he, the... does, he does have a writing he he doesn't have a writing credit i think his um oh. Like oh. his brother or something does. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. I, I, I would be surprised if like he had some like you know involvement in some way. Sure. But, but I know like it's been just like Creed. It's been like not necessarily a passion project, but something that's always been like you know what I had a cool idea for Space Jam too, and like it's just kind of happening now because he has the credit to be able to do that. Like so good on him, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, here we are, <laughs> Space Jam: A New Legacy, and uh, it's arriving in theaters and HBO Max simultaneously. Um, as they like to say, uh, July 16th. This Jordan's season. actually going to watch it on his laptop in the movie theater while the movie's playing via the projector as well. Not, so. if, no- not if Nolan has anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll cut my head off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll take his, uh, his Dunkirk 4K discs and just throw them at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Space Jam. Alright, let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Voyagers. There's nothing to be scared of. You are the link between past and future generations. And have been entrusted with the survival of our species. The normal kids. Sensitive and smart. I need to protect them. There's a toxin in the water. It's coming from us. We're eating something toxic. It's the blue. It's medication. Blue. To decrease pleasure. Blue. I'm not drinking it. What does it feel like to feel something? You're not feeling what I'm feeling. What's going on? You're drugging us. To prevent exactly this kind of thing from happening. Yeah! System restarting. 
We won't ever see the planet. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Voyagers, set in another future where Earth is screwed and it's up to it's time to find another planet. A group of genius kids are grown in a lab and placed on a spaceship to head out to some far-off place in the universe. It will take 86 years to get there, so it's up to these kids to grow up for the sake of having their own children, who will then have their own children to colonize this planet. Colin Farrell is aboard the ship as a space daddy to these young adults, and the main ones we deal with are Ty Sheridan, Lily Rose Depp, and Dunkirk's Finn Whitehead. Up to this point, they've been raised right until they discover they've been taking a drug to suppress their more primal emotions, and you can guess what happens next. Jordan, I asked you, you, I asked you, something about this said Jordan needs to see this movie be on this podcast <laughs> with us. And you had not even heard of the, you didn't know what the premise was at the time. So now no. you've seen this movie. What, what, what did you take away from this blind experience that I, I basically well, forced you to go into? <laughs> well, let me ask you, why, what about the trailer? Screamed. <laughs> Jordan Grout. Yeah. What what about the trailer screen? It was something about that first teaser they premiered that's mm. just like a barrage of like imagery and like Neil Berger's tendency to like move his camera around. It it just says <laughs> something about that. What I was thinking is like, who could be on this episode to talk this movie with us? There was just something there. It just screamed Jordan at me. Right, yeah. And I had seen people discuss them or mention the movie on Twitter, but uh, as I mentioned, I've been just insanely busy, and I hadn't seen any trailers, didn't know who was in it, didn't know what it was about, and you you told me to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you're already not aware of what this is, I, I can't have you just go into ruin that experience. You just need to go experience the whole movie. That was my thought. Right. So so I did. I, I honored that request. I didn't even look it up on IMDb. So, um yeah, from moment one, Colin Farrell. I was like, Colin Farrell? <laughs> this is awesome. I love Colin Farrell. Um, yeah, and to be honest, Ty Sheridan, I haven't really enjoyed him in uh, in the movies he's been in. Um, maybe, that, Rose. maybe that's what, what it was. was. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's because we saw Tree of Life together. I was like, well, Jared Torres has got to see this new Ty Sheridan joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I forget. He's, uh, he's, he's in that. Uh, he's the other that. kid. <laughs> The other kid, that's his credited screen name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, watching it, to be honest, I, I kind of liked it. Like, I didn't, it, it was not a miserable experience. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about how never being bored is, you know, is not really high praise. But, you know, again, never bored. Like, I was really entertained by the movie. Um and going back to how I haven't really particularly enjoyed Ty Sheridan before, I thought he was really solid in the movie. Um, and Lily Rose Depp, you know, I, uh, having never really really seen her outside of Kevin Smith movies, um, I thought she was really good in the movie. I really liked the acting. Um, and here's the thing. The movie is so stupid. It is so <laughs> stupid from top to bottom. Um and and I'm sure we'll get into so many different um, plot points, uh, but this film jumps through narrative hoops to justify it being like Lord flies in space. Like it really like there's there's a moment in the beginning before they go to space, and Colin Farrell has to to uh, argue for himself to go on the ship, 
Um, and later on, it's like, wait, you were just going to send these kids alone to space? Like, you should send, like, ten more adults. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is your problem? Like, why did you think, you know, and, and they're just so, like, why didn't they just send adults who went through, like, a psychological exam? You know, and it, like I said, it really, really jumps through hoops to justify this being kids on a ship. Um, but, and it becomes more and more glaring as the film goes on. And and the whole thing, right, it happens when Ty Sheridan, at the beginning, he he um, he does some research on the potion or the drink they're taking, and um, he finds out there's a locked room or a hidden corridor. So the whole movie is his fault. Like, the whole movie. And Grant, you can't fault him because he's a teenager. Like, he's just doing you know, he's he's being nosy um here's a question but, did, did you think there were teenagers like amy too did, did like was your idea like are these supposed to be teenagers i i asked this because they're all in their like early 20s yeah. and I, they, they definitely are supposed to be teenagers is that the True. idea i but think yeah, so yeah yeah i guess it says like 10 years later or something at some point right when they're like right. still like so yeah they're, they're gotta be like 15 16 17 18 so teens um and the whole beginning uh, on Earth, that took up so much time that by the time you get to the spaceship and they're 18 and 17, 18, uh, it, one thing that was missing from the film was the establishment of their relationships. Because once you get on the ship, it really doesn't give you time to get to know them. You have a quick montage of them eating, going to, working on the ship, blah, 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 blah. But you never really get to, to see that social interaction. Um, so it took a while, like once, you know, sort of shit hits the fan, um, everyone just sort of turns on each other and say, well, how are you guys before? And I felt like that, that connection was missing uh, from the film. Um, but you know what? I liked it. It, it, it's stupid, and um, again, it really, really tries to justify things happening, um, and it really, really asks you to to buy into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was that was fine. It, I, I didn't think it was too egregious, um, and I it comes down to the actors. I think the actors really did a solid job. Um, whether it's like, I mean, my favorite character was was the um, the 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 know it all um, from the, the the one who I guess spoilers gets killed. Um, like in, Zach. in the book, fly, Zach. it's yeah. it's uh, in the book it's the the piggy character. Piggy, um, yeah. yeah, the one the one the one girl on the ship. Yeah, and and uh, I I I thought she she was the best character. Like she really sold that stereotype of like the know-it-all like always giving her two cents um and and people call her fat even though <laughs> she's not um which uh well, uh well we'll get back to these characters bro let's get let's get to let's get to okay. Abe. let's go Abe, what, what did you think of it I, so we've talked about this trailer kind of as far as we were talking about this before there was a trailer but just because it was right. delayed at the time now you've seen this whole movie which i've continually pitched to you as it's lord of the flies in space what did, what did you think of this movie? 
this movie is god awful. <laughs> this movie is a like there was a point where I was watching this movie and I had to go take care of a, a dog, so I paused it. I came back and like two minutes later, I was like, this movie needs to end. And this was like 25 minutes into the movie. Uh, as I kept going through this, the the thought that kept repeating in my mind was, uh, I'm getting dumber by the second by watching this movie because there's nothing in this movie that you haven't seen before done better in short films or in short stories. The Simpsons episode where they get shipwrecked from auto driving on the bus is much better than this movie. Yes, it is exactly Lord of the Flies in space. But what what the problem is, is that I don't care about any of these people. And the plot moves in such a way that is uh, uh, that doesn't allow me to be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm on the side of these kids that found out that there was something wrong with their food supply. Like, no, they're just like, hey, by the way, um, let me just drop you in here. And then I looked up who wrote this, and it's Neil Berger, the same director, or the it's a writer director combo, right? And I was like, Neil, what were you thinking when you made this? Because I honestly thought that this was a movie that was written by a 12 year old thinking like this is how i want to live if i were in space um let me have all these people that are like semi shirtless running around and let's have like some faux sex on the planet or on the plane and like i was like this what what am i watching here um the acting in here i was so pissed when colin farrell uh exits the movie because i was like he's the only guy that i was like this is good acting and i'm actually feeling a connection to a character on the screen other than that, I, I didn't think that this movie worked at all. I don't think that there's anything that is super enlightening about this movie. And if you were, it, it is a Lord of Flies in Space. But there's nothing redeeming about anything in this movie. And so at the end of the day, I laughed at myself when Lily Rose Depp is – she's talking about what the the epilogue is. And she's like, you know, we've decided to continue doing uh, Life Without the Blue because – we know that we can do better. You clearly cannot. You have seen through the course of six months or however long that it was that nothing will go right if you guys are not controlled because you guys are a bunch of idiots that uh, decided that, you know, um, hedonism was the lifestyle of choice instead of uh, understanding what the goals were, which is a, a fault on the adults that planned the mission. So, Jordan, to your point, there should have been like 60 other adults uh, on this on this uh, trip with them. The other thing is, like, this movie is so bad that it makes passengers look good, uh, which is hard like to passengers. do. Because, at least with passengers, I had a sense of, oh, this is a vast ship. And I I, uh, I like that there's different compartments. I kind of like that there's... Um, Andy Garcia is great in passengers. He, he's, yeah, he's great for 30 <laughs> seconds, maybe even less, 10 seconds. Um Who's the other guy? Is, Lawrence is Fishburne it, uh, shows up. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence yeah. Fishburne reprising his Predator's role, but now he's a captain. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go get to Applebee's tonight. But uh, there's just not a whole lot going on in this where I felt compelled to – like where I felt as though it was compelling enough for me to think, oh, yeah, no, you you guys are – this is a great retelling of the story uh, but in a different setting in modern times about how the intricacies of science come into play with um, oh, with times. your own human – what's that? Future times. Future times, yeah, sure, uh, with future times and how – Basically, you can't stop the human emotion, 
and none of that stuff is really explored. I mean, I, I really didn't care for this movie at all. I was glad when it was over. I was going to text Aaron last night. I was like, hey, man, um, is it cool if you guys just go ahead because this movie fucking sucks and I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but I was like, no, the people have to hear that there's a different opinion about this. Well, I mean, I think you're in the majority, Abe. I'm, I'm in the minority here with, with yeah. that different opinion. <laughs> I, I haven't said anything at them. all yet. But, um. Well, I'm just talking because I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score. It doesn't seem to be great. Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And I, I understand why, because I, I, it's it's not a very good movie. I don't I don't hate it. I, uh, I don't see <laughs> this this uh, this spiral of terrible that a, that Abe is in with this movie. But um, I I do think it. Like you, if you just mentioned, I do think it teases a lot of ideas that just don't go explored, which is a shame because I think they're interesting ideas. I do think the early on, yeah, when we have Colin Farrell around and he's kind of being a therapist to some of the kids, you know, the stars of the film, um, I do think he proposes interesting questions about like, how does it feel to be on the ship knowing that you're here to just to basically just be a sire for the next uh, generations? And I wish there was more thought on what that is supposed to feel like. Um, instead of just kind of everything, everything that's proposed here just gets reduced to fighting and what have you. And it's a shame. Um, I get the, you know, the Lord of the Flies aspect of like what it's trying to do. And that's why I'm, able, I'm willing to forgive a lot of the characterization just because they're all archetypes. So, okay. I don't, you know, you have what, like, I mean, there's, what 30 kids or whatever on this thing and you're only going to hear about so many of them and even the ones you hear about yeah there's not a lot to go on um it's just yeah i mean there's there's only so much to like work with when you only have so many things to you know try to try to respond to like i look at like finn whitehead's character zach who's like the antagonist of the film and there's never anything surprising about him because, like, the second he walks on screen, you're like, yeah, that's the bad guy. Like, he's gonna, he's not good. Like, yeah, just like his a, a, dark a, hair really gives it away, right? Everything about his design, <laughs> it's just like, okay, there's there's never any there's never any doubt in where this is like going as far. And again, it's I mean, it's taking a very old story and just making it, you know, giving it a sci-fi paint on top of it. So it's like, all right, that. I, I get that I don't need to necessarily be surprised by the different choices. No, I disagree. I, I think that that's lazy. Like, that's not that's not okay. Like, you can't just be like, hey, let me go remake Predator and make it even worse than it was, which they've done, right? Like, those aren't good movies. Fair, but I mean, it's not like he's setting out to be like, let me do this worse. I mean, I, I if you're going to take a familiar story, which is pretty much every movie we see that's a mainstream film, take a familiar story mm -hmm. and do something different with it, there are ways to do that while still making a better movie. I'm not, Correct. This, yeah. I'm not saying this is an example of that. It's not a better yeah. movie, but it's not like Neil Berger set out to not make a good movie. He just didn't here. Uh, but I, but I, I'm still like the things that I find bad about it aren't the fact that it's predictable. That's a given for this kind of movie. The things that I find bad about it are the fact that it doesn't do anything more risky with the ideas it's teasing. Instead, just reduce it to okay, now we're arguing, and now there's guns and things like that. That said. <laughs> In favor of the film, I do I do like the design of the ship, uh, because of how Neil Berger films it. I think it because of its what I imagine is a fairly modest budget, despite being a film set in space that has scenes that take place in space. I do think there's a lot there's a 
it doesn't rely on visual effects to do much of the work. Instead, you have a lot of what Neil Berger has done in some of his other films, a lot of creative camera work. So you have these narrow corridors, and he really knows how to make that feel cramped and claustrophobic in the right kind of ways. While also feeling, and the way he's, the way he's detailing the emotional changes of these characters is emphasized by I think the production design, where you have these like sterile white places that quickly devolve as you go along. Like you have characters, they start out wearing these you know blue uniforms, and they go to black uniforms, like things like that. That are some of them are more obvious than others. That's the score is also at times very obvious, and sometimes it's more subtle. It just feels very inconsistent in that way. But I do think the for a film like this, there's a way to make this a lot more bland, which is I think this is what Jordan's getting at as far as why it's not boring necessarily. I do think there's effort there in the filmmaking to like at least expand on, okay, we're in this this kind of spaceship, how do we make that watchable? And I do think there's something there. I don't think the movie's a success overall, but I do think there's there's more going on than a movie that could be completely bland and have nothing at all at all going for it visually, which I give it some credit for. Well, That's hey, fair. you're going to be upset when Neil Berger does a Grapes of Wrath in space. <laughs> and, just... <laughs> and it's just like the most bland rendition of, of the uh, the the drought and famine that we uh, faced in the 1920s. Isn't that interstellar? Uh, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. No, there's, uh, there's, aside from all that stuff, um, you know, other things that I, I, Jordan, to your point where there's like ridiculousness in the in the movie, I found that that to be kind of fun at times too, but also very questionable. Um, the ridiculous being like, okay, well now we've got guns in space. Let's shoot them in an enclosed area and let's see what happens. Like, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I found that to be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's not the best idea, especially from somebody who's like chief engineer and probably knows that, you know, you're destroying uh, all these uh, components of your ship. They are meant well, the, to guys, the, the guys that use the bag, the the guns are they're not the chief engineer. It's Zach and that other tall guy. Zach's that's annoying. The chief engineer. Is he? Oh, yeah, well, he, okay. He, he no, he okay. He promotes himself to it. <laughs> no, he's he's promoting himself to chief officer, but he's already chief engineer. All right. Yeah. So he's like <laughs> these people. <laughs> no, they say it during like the part where they're like, oh, well, I'm going to promote myself. And they're like, no, 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 we should take a vote. Uh, no, the other thing is also like, um, if you decided to destroy an airlock to an open hatch that's outside, you're basically going to destroy the entire ship. And also you're going to die like immediately because there's no oxygen. But I I was like, OK, well, uh, I guess I'll just roll with it. Uh, so there, there's ridiculous things or there's ridiculous things that happened that I uh, found to be to be entertaining even though they were incredibly um I don't disagree because a lot of that came up to be as like oh, teenagers do dumb things like that's kind of what I kept thinking of a that's, lot of that's what I was thinking yeah I mean that's that's a cheap way to justify it but oh, of course it I'll is think. I'm not saying it is it's just like <laughs> it's it's the epitome of you just do dumb things they're in space <laughs> like the where where anything bad could happen generally is going to happen and it's like right. you're making some of the worst decisions here and, and you're not like especially when they're shooting the gun because i'm like how do you fix like i can you can repair like a door on a house on earth yeah. how do you fix like a giant metal gap and you're like how does that happen <laughs> Yeah, especially when like, hey man, that's our food supply. It's like I don't care. It's like, how do you, how do you um, fix doors that you're like destroying, that like shooting their locks off. It's like, how do you? Like, these things need to be secure at some point. How do you fix that? It's a spaceship. <laughs> you can't just go to Home Depot and, like figure that out. 
Space Depot. Space Depot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's 20, 20 light years away. They'll they'll get there soon. Uh, I did but like, yeah, I I certainly uh, again I'm I'm probably more in the the field of this movie is not very good. So I'd love to hear more about um, uh, your thoughts, Jordan, on on what did work for you. I certainly don't wouldn't begrudge anyone for for hitting the movie. Like I said, it is stupid and it is it it, it reads very much a first draft that was just yes really, I got that feeling too. Um, you know, and and you mentioned the airlock ending. And that is, it reminded me of most of the alien movies, how it ends with them, like, just shooting the, the alien out of the uh, airlock. I was like, oh, yeah. I, I guess, like, there, there are only a certain number of ways you can actually get rid of you know, the bad entity on a ship. Um, but, Aaron, you, you mentioned the, uh, the hallways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, to, to go off of that, yes, it is a modest budget. And I felt that really uh, contributed to because they they what had maybe two hallways which they just mm-hmm. <laughs> seemed to to repurpose for different settings. But I I I felt that added to the to the film's benefit. It added to the claustrophobia and the disorientation of you know the last half. Um, and one thing, one one stupid thing, well out of of many. The gun, the the weapons room. So the whole time they're searching for the secret room and Ty Sheridan finds it and he's trying to get in and the alarm goes off. And it's this <laughs> loud alarm that gets the attention of 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 the uh, of, of, of the bad teams. Right. If you have a room that you want to keep secret, why would you have a huge alarm go off? <laughs> directing people to this secret room um but the alarm should just be like uh like a notification that Colin Farrell <laughs> get in this quarter is like oh that's weird not this blaring alarm <laughs> that everyone is going to be drawn towards um and also like at at the beginning so what's the the the, the main bad guy Zach. he Zach. he assaults uh Lily Rose Depp and Colin Farrell just, he's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll deal with this later. And blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I like how he's like, you know the rules, no hands. Let's I keep doing our mission. Isolate this guy. This guy just assaulted someone. He's clearly a threat. Well, he, ran, he ran away, right? He, they didn't know where he was for a while. <laughs> oh, was, was that? A- yeah, that was his move. He was like, oh, no, they caught me. I ran away on a spaceship where there's only so many places to go. <laughs> Exactly. And even high, he just went to like the room where they're conducting the space mission they need to do to save the spaceship. Like this guy should be priority number one. Like (laughs) the psychopath. Yeah, you don't you don't be like, you guys, all right, this guy just tried this assault thing. Let's go out the airlock outside the spaceship and do our mission, then we'll come back and deal with this. Mm -hmm. The other thing is also, um, you know, if if I were a scientist or an engineer that was gonna be sending these kids into space. Like, let's not have them drink this blue thing. Let's just mix it into their food and give them give them predetermined uh, meals and be like, here, just eat this, and you'll be on your merry way. Well, they'd still determine it from the food. Like, it was coming out in their pee, right? That's why they, for the beginning, they're like, what's this unknown enzyme? They just research it that way. <laughs> uh, they research it in a supercomputer where they have full access to all the files on board. Well, he had to hack it. He didn't have full access at first. He had to, like, get through their system. Glad he's a chief engineer. 
Well, okay, here's my He did question. his job too well. That was the problem. Yes. <laughs> At the beginning, when Ty Sheridan starts uh, researching what's in in the food, mm-hmm. and he finds out there's something going on, and they make the conscious decision to stop taking it, isn't that the sort of action that the ingredient was supposed to suppress? Like, it, like it was supposed to make them... Uh, docile. Like, docile. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, not really have too much independent thought. And it seems like this sort of action should be what this ingredient should should prevent. Um, and I, I was waiting for something to uh, to be brought up about how, oh, this ingredient, like somehow it's faulty, but it never was. was. So... I mean, you're asking, like, <laughs> it's not that deep, I think, but it's like you're asking about human nature taking over i mean that's what's coming down to just an urge to do something differently like that and that's because this isn't the first time we've you know i talk about equilibrium but there's other movies and sci-fi plots in general that are are about future societies where people are governed by their emotions or what have you right and you need an inciting incident or else there's no movie (laughs) like i mean you just there has to be something there to spark that regardless of what that's supposed to be I mean, there's right. I don't dis- I don't disagree that, I don't disagree that there's an interesting conversation to be there to be like why did they have this urge to begin with I'd prefer to see that than a gunfight but uh, I mean it's just right. and, the, mm-hmm. and there is the theme of nature versus nurture which is not explored like you said it's it's sort of brushed under the rug in favor of mm-hmm. of a chase scene killing each other and... um but again despite it's stupidity. I still had a good time. <laughs> I don't say I don't disagree as far like I don't like this move. Like I gave it a a negative score technically, but like I didn't walk out thinking, well, that was a waste necessarily. So like, I mean, I see what you're doing. I it's not quite in that like groovy 70s cult movie type of feel where it's like it's dumb, but it's still like watchable. It's well, it feels yeah. it feels more like a if I was this age, like if I was the age of these people there's something here I could probably click with. I think there's better versions of that, but I think like if I was growing up and this is a movie that came out, there's something there. It's like, all right, that's, that's a decent version of this thing that I probably read like recently in high school. Uh, I, I, if you were the age of the the people that are on board. Yes. I think it fits in that kind of like, basically if it's like a YA thing, sure, sure, which is what Lord of the Flies is. I mean, it's a YA book. Right. I mean, so it's adult themes. Yes. Obviously, there are better versions of this story, and there's things that are clearly wrong with this film. But I, I didn't come away hating what I was watching. It's just more like, all right, this is like a, <laughs> well, this is a very a, that, that, a, a subpar hit uh, as far as how to and, make and that's, this work. That was like my problem with it. It's not a movie that was written by an 18 year old. It's written by a man that's like in his 40s or 50s, 40s probably, and there's just nothing clever about it. So. You know, to your point, he probably tried to make something that was interesting or a, a new spin, mm-hmm. but he definitely didn't. And to Jordan's earlier comment, it definitely felt as though he needed somebody else to help write the script with him or to review it or to, you know, um, redraft it or what have you, because it just doesn't make me think as though he focused on the things that mattered, which would is what everybody here is saying. So overall it, it is failure and it's unfortunate because 
there could have been some things that are interesting, but I just didn't find myself attached to anything. And also when we're seeing like these montages of um, Axe body spray commercials, uh, that's not my favorite either because what am I supposed to feel? You, you quit that after two tries and those two tries were two tries too many as well. But I just didn't think as though there was really anything here that Neil was pointedly trying to tell me that I didn't already know. I, I agree there. I mean, because the, the overall issue, as, as I've said, is the fact that it brings up ideas and doesn't cash in on them. But also doing just doing Lord of the Flies in space what is that going to lead to? I mean, there's just no, like, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no goal I see in that, especially given the ending of this film, which is just like, yeah, we got over it. It's like, what? We did it. We, we elected a female leader, which is great. And we got over it. <laughs> we're all happy now. And the mission worked successfully. The, 86 the, years later. The, the thing that caused the problem, we didn't really solve it. We just kind of, you know, said, well, <laughs> we just decided to be better said, we said we trust you this time we got rid of the main baddie we trust you but yeah i i just i i wouldn't uh i wouldn't say that this is something that you should run out and go see or even see willingly i did like um the bad guys just manipulation of 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 the other passengers like there's a whole thing with the alien and of course as a viewer you know there's no alien but i really thought it was interesting to to see him like twist narratives and then when when you see the the video of him like kill like killing the captain killing colin farrell like he still like warps that narrative and i i, I really enjoyed those moments um and again going back to just a cheap gunfight like mm-hmm. it, it would have been fascinating to have seen that back and forth mm-hmm. go all the way to the to the very end um mm-hmm. and because that, that was my favorite um moment of the film just him um really cleverly uh spinning narratives that i was that helped because i was just so the second he came on and was just like buddies with Ty Sheridan and like it's when they when when he finds the enzyme and they start like deep like reading the you know the disclaimer as far as what it does mm-hmm. and he's like I don't want to not feel I want to feel and it's like all right so <laughs> I see I see what great we're writing doing. I see I see what we're doing here and so it helped yeah like Jordan like he pointed out it helped when yeah he got to not only just be evil because the script requires him to, but like sink into how we can be evil. That was more enjoyable to me to watch than just him mm-hmm. blindly being like, I guess I'm the bad one. <laughs> I guess I'm the bad one. Yeah. Well, great. Go see moon instead. <laughs> I think we've, we've exhausted our thoughts on Voyagers. So when should people go and see this movie? Abe, I have a feeling you say not see this movie is your answer. You don't have to see this movie. Yeah, you don't have to see it. In our old rating, this would be like on TV with commercials, like TV edited. You don't have to see this movie. Jordan, when should people see this? You saw it in theaters. When should people see this movie? I did. I mean, if if, if you're interested, see it at home. Um, but yeah, again, I feel like most, like my friend watched it um at the amc near near his house and he sent me a text after after and he pretty much agreed with you abe he was like that was horrible (laughs) (laughs) horrible so you know i I definitely don't want to say go yeah definitely go like see this movie because 
yeah, it's it's it is stupid. Um, so it's yeah. At this home, is, I guess if you want. This is a what a Lionsgate movie supposed to be on, like on Prime at some point or something. So yeah, watch it there. Watch it in a nice uh, HD environment. But um, yeah, it's no, it's it's nothing all that special. It just has some neat ideas and visuals occasionally, but doesn't do much with it. So Voyagers. Yeah. It's very much. It's it's below surface level <laughs> <laughs> themes. So Colin Farrell is good though as Space Daddy. He did, is I did, good. I did enjoy what he was doing. <laughs> he's always he good. Bum bum when he's just like, okay, there's my exit. I thought yeah. he, I thought he was gonna pull through. <laughs> like just <laughs> if he was just resting on the on the bed the whole time, it's like oh these kids. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, that was our review for Voyagers. Let's move on now. Let's get to... Uh, hey, what uh, what time is it here? Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game. You see, kids, if that was the noise that the kids were listening to and hearing on the ship, they wouldn't have been so scared about this monster. I'm starting to think the kids aren't all right, Abe. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, all right. I have a game for you guys this week. Mm-hmm. It is called Can You Feel This? Okay. <laughs> Inspired by Voyagers. Name of the game. I'm going to. I have taglines and plot descriptions for several films that all involve one of your senses. And so you have to okay. guess what the film is based off what I'm describing to you. Is does the film title have the the sense in its title? Pretty much. Like out of sight or something. Pretty much. Okay, got it. Cool. Let's do it. All right, here we go. If you think you know the answer, say your name and the answer. Here's the first one. I'm gonna read the tagline first, which are largely unhelpful, and then I'm gonna read the plot description. <laughs> the strangest vengeance ever planned. Mm-hmm. I know that's not going to help anybody, so here's, here's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mexican narcotics officer Ramon Miguel Vargas has to interpret his honeymoon, has to interrupt his honeymoon on the Mexican-U.S. border when an American building contractor is killed after someone places a bomb in his car. Oh, wait, is that, um... Oh, wait, no, that's not that movie. I, uh... <laughs> I don't know. A, it's, it's a, a, Mex- a Mexican cop yes. interrupts his honeymoon on the Mexican-U.S. border after an American is killed based off a, a bomb placed on his car. I know. There's so much detail there, and I don't know the answer. It's a classic film. Um, hmm. As in 1950s. 1950s. Oh, Abe. Abe? Uh, Death with Charles Bronson in the 1970s. Obviously wrong. Okay, got it. <laughs> oh, it's um Jordan. It has a it has a famous opening shot. Mm-hmm. I've 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 never seen it, but I think I know of it. Um. Oh my god! I I can't think of the title. Okay, it's Touch of Evil. That's it. That's ah. it. Because it was uh, Orson Welles, right? Yeah. Orson Welles and Charles yeah. Heston as a Mexican. Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, that makes uh, sense. But all right, 
Well, here's the next one. Uh huh. Opposites attract. Jordan, out of sight. <laughs> it is out of sight. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I might have gotten. The uh, description was a career bank robber breaks out of jail and shares a moment of mutual attraction with a U.S. marshal he has kidnapped. Oh, there you go. Here's the next one. There's no tagline on this one. Ooh. <laughs> so that's... So, uh, wait, that's the tagline? No. I'm just saying there's no mm. tagline. I'm just going to read the plot description. Okay. A self-destructive punk rocker struggles with sobriety while trying to recapture the creative inspiration that led her band to success. Uh, Abe. Abe? Josie and the Pussycats. Incorrect. Mm-hmm. Completely wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't be more wrong. I have a second guess. Yes. Uh, Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Really got to keep the theme. If you... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've named the other three female bands and movies. <laughs> um. Keep the theme of this game in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a recent film. Recent? Abe. Abe? Sound of Metal. Incorrect. It has... Um, just naming things. Don't just name I, things. That might spoil things for later on in the game. <laughs> we'll get around to it again. I know who's in it. It's... um. God. My... Who's in it, Jordan? So I can steal your answer. Uh, it's the actress uh, from Invisible Man, Elizabeth Moss. That, you're right. Oh. I, I just can't think of the title. Well, I don't think about title. the game we're playing mm-hmm. and narrow it down that way. Uh, Abe, hear no evil. The answer is her smell. Mm, you know, close enough. <laughs> I was going to say, can you hear me now? <laughs> here's the next one. Uh, here's the tagline. One of the taglines. The more mm. you see it, the more it becomes one of your favorite things. Hmm. Jordan Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> the more you see it, the more it becomes one of your favorite things. If I read the description, it's going to be pretty obvious, I think. Um, there were two taglines? There's like six uh, taglines, but it's because it's been re-released a lot. Got it. Hmm. Man, I have to read that. that uh, okay, here's the synopsis. A woman leaves an Austrian convent to become a governess to the children of a naval officer widower. Uh... It is one of the highest grossing films <laughs> of all time. Abe? S- sound of music. The Sound of Music is the correct answer. <laughs> You're on the board. Yes, <laughs> finally. Josie and the Pixiats and Jim and the Hologams are, are proud of me. This one should be interesting. Okay. <laughs> Jordan might get it, but here we go. Come on, Jordan, I'm rooting for you. Watch out, aliens. Here comes Derek. <laughs> Come on, Jordan. What? Watch out, aliens. Here comes Derek. That's the tagline. I'm going to read the plot synopsis because I just really like the tagline. The population of a small town disappears and is replaced by aliens that chase human flesh for their intergalactic fast food chain. Phantoms. <laughs> I'm gonna try to narrow this. Days of night. I, I'm gonna try to narrow this down for you guys. Mm-hmm. We had Touch of Evil, Out of Sight, Her Smell, and The Sound of Music. Um, mm, the taste of the people in the village. 
That's not it? Okay. Well, that's a good movie title. This is a film from a director who's gone on to win an Oscar and make prestige films. Before before that, he made very, very genre-y movies. <laughs> um, hmm. One involving Muppets, kind of. Mm, it's Taste of Something. You have the right feeling. <laughs> huh. Come on, Jordan. Taste of Derek. Derek's taste. I don't know. I don't know. The answer is Peter Jackson's bad taste. Oh, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did he win an Academy Award for? The Lord of the Rings? Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've never seen that. All right. <laughs> Here's, here's the next one. I'm just going to read the plot synopsis for you, because as okay. we all know, here we go. <laughs> just keep the what we've had in mind. A boy who communicates with spirits seeks help. Hmm. Sixth sense. Hey, hey, yeah, the sixth sense. You're both wrong. It is Paranorman. Well, we knew that. <laughs> we were just kidding with you. <laughs> if you'd given us a second chance, Aaron. <laughs> right, Jordan? You both That's answered right. already. <laughs> All that right. was, that uh, was just fun. That was for all me. the five senses. Yeah. <laughs> that was the sixth. That was the sixth. That was the sixth question. Obviously. Sixth okay. Got. Yeah. <laughs> that was just fun. <laughs> the taglines: "You don't become a hero by being normal." By the way. Mm. That's, That's a good tagline. I have a bonus one. Hit it. Mainly because I really like the tagline. <laughs> if you only see one movie this year, you ought to get out more often. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the plot description is Lieutenant Frank Drebin discovers that his girlfriend's new beau is involved in a plot to kidnap a scientist who advocates solar energy. Hmm. Is, yeah. Uh, who shot Mr. Burns part one? It is a sequel hmm. starring Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Uh, the Naked Gun, 33 and a half. It is a sequel hmm. I mean, you're there. It's just mathematically you're wrong. <laughs> Thir- Thirty-three and a third. No. No, it's part two. <laughs> like two and a half or two and a half. Do you know the subtitle? It's uh, I don't. It's the smell of fear. Smell of vision. Yeah, I got it. Well, I destroyed oh. that game. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> You both got one, so we need a tiebreaker. <laughs> so here we go. All right. Let me look something up here. One second. Okay. I'm oh, waiting. Shit. All right. Hold on. <laughs> I thought one of you would get at least two. So that's really Jordan, cool. Jordan technically got two. But... No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> he, got one, he got one. He got no. He got the one that I that I. He got the sound of music. I I, I knew. You got the sound of music. <laughs> no, he he got it. He got two. I got zero. <laughs> All right. I looked up the box office results worldwide for Equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Worldwide? Oh, worldwide. Shit. <laughs> How much do you think Equilibrium made in theaters? I'm going to give you a hint right now. It was not a very successful film. Sure, sure, sure. Worldwide? Worldwide. And this was in 1999, right? Or 2000? 2002. One, one six million. Sorry? 16 million. 16 million? Yeah. Okay. Jordan? I'm going to say seven. Seven's a lot closer. 5.3 million. Ooh, all right. 
So, Jordan, you are now officially the winner of this week's game. See, I told you Jordan won. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to go through all that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, no, we'll edit it out of the podcast. <laughs> no, no. It's staying. If oh. it's recorded, it's staying. Double it, keep it in. <laughs> all right, let's, that was games. Let's, um, let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where I go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, where we ask a number of questions to listeners, and they give us some answers. So uh, let's get with no questions this week. So let's get into this. First up, what are some great space missions gone wrong movies? Chris has Event Horizon and Aliens. Title even now, friend of the show, has Alien, Aliens, Planet of the Apes, and Life Force. Hmm. Jim Dietz, friend of the show, writes Moon, Silent Running, Saturn 3, Gravity, and Europa Report. And Jay, friend of the show, has Life and Wall-E. Mm. Uh, gonna throw in the Martian? Yeah. Uh, he, does he get back home at the end? I can't remember. Does he? Does Matt Damon make it home? <laughs> he makes it home. <laughs> he dies there. Yeah, he's the forever Martian. <laughs> um, anything from you, Jordan? Space missions gone wrong. 2001. Space Odyssey? (laughs) The very same. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to add in uh, Armageddon, because I love the line, what are you doing with the gun in space? Does it go wrong? I mean, they complete the mission. (laughs) I mean, they lose almost everybody on on the mission. Where the survival rate's high. (laughs) Where they're thinking we're definitely all going to make it back. (laughs) Where the survival rate's high. (laughs) Uh, How about Apollo 13, for one? Uh-huh. Well, they make it back. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it went just as planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ad Astra. See, that's a movie where it's like, we've seen this done before, and it's still palatable for what you're doing right now. Ad Astra. There you go. Um, Great. Well, what's uh, your favorite Colin Farrell performance? Chris has The Lobster, Seven Second Pass, and In Bruges. Do you guys have any favorite Colin Farrell performances? Daredevil. I mean, you say that, but I, I, I would probably put that on like a top ten list of Colin Farrell performances because I think he's, he's actually good. like he's he's the best thing in it for one thing, but also, huh. yeah, it's a complete comic book performance. Like that's what you should get from a Daredevil movie. <laughs> in Bruges, fantastic. I mean, the, in Bruges is, is the probably the call there. His double hit with um Yorgos Lanthimos with the Lobster and um Killing of a Sacred Deer. I really like those performances as well. Mm-hmm. And Phone Booth is good. I like him in that movie. Oh, yeah, Phone Booth. Yeah. Tigerland. Yeah. There we go. His Schumacher well, performances. Phone Booth and Tigerland. There you go. Oh, you know, he's also good in, uh, what's that vampire movie with? Um... Fright Night. Fright. Yes, yeah, he's great in the remake of Fright Night. He is great I mean, in the remake of like, That's true. He's never bad, but people cast just, him in, like, movies. weird roles sometimes, like Total Recalls. Like, that's not a Colin Farrell role. Colin Farrell is a fun, charming guy. You can't make him, like... Dennis yeah, like Quaid. the lobster. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's great things that he does in the lobster in the beginning. It's pretty it's pretty great. So, anyway, the next question is what are some great films featuring some form of mutiny? Jim Dietz from the show has the canine mutiny. Mutiny on the bounty. The cane mutiny. Not oh, I'm like, sorry. The, not some dog mutiny. <laughs> what is this? Dog hunters? Uh, the cane mutiny. Mutiny on the bounty and space mutiny. Uh, Chris has the cane mutiny and the bounty. Uh, anything about mutiny for you guys? Muppet Treasure Island, obviously. 
Ooh. Um, you know, those pirates movies, there's a lot of mutiny going on there. It's like left and right. <laughs> Island. I'm sure there's mutiny in that. I was like, what pirate movie is there not a mutiny? And that's that'd be a question. Um I Crimson guess... Tide is a great movie. Oh yeah, me. Crimson. There we go. Crimson Tide. That's a good one. Was that Tony Scott? Yep. Yeah. No cob. That's my uh Denzel. Everyone knows the Kirby Super Surfer is the only Silver Surfer. <laughs> you know, horses in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> we, should just, we should just interrupt everybody's answer with a line from <laughs> through the rest of the show. <laughs> Anyhow. Deep rising. Yeah, Deep there's, rising. Mutiny. there's mutiny in there. <laughs> I'm sure it's there somewhere. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Dark Knight Rises because, you know, there's a part where Bane goes to see the banker and then he asks, do you feel in charge? That's a form of mutiny. He's like, no, I'm in charge. You don't own me. I'm, I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> so the Galaxy Volume 2. Do you feel in charge? <laughs> you think this gives you power over me? Yeah, the other guy just, like, runs away. Uh uh, Wally came up earlier, and so Wally, because Jeff Garland's like mutiny, and he screams at Otto at one point. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jay enjoyed that. Okay, uh, next question: What are some great films about extraordinary young adults? Hmm. Didn't get any answers for this one. I mean, I think the obvious choice is X Men. <laughs> okay. Uh, extraordinary young. I mean, you mentioned earlier Paranorman. I mean, he's pretty great. So. Norman from Paranorman, I should say. How about uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer? Wait, he's going to do the the move right now. And I love that Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Joe Mantagnelli uh, showed up at the end. Joe M. Finding Forrester. You're the man You're now, the man dog. dog. Jinx. <laughs> Find me a code. The Sixth Sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you were keeping her sick. <laughs> That's the darkest line. <laughs> it's it's such a an awkward time to do it too, because like, hey, we're at my daughter's. You know, uh, seems like the best time. No rumors here. Everyone knows. No, no rumors at all. But yeah. it's like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm just no gonna, one's gonna compl- be like, you remember what happened at the Johnson funeral? No, I wasn't there. What happened? Well, this little boy came in. He put on a tape, and boy, were things awkward at that one. <laughs> I don't think they're getting back together. <laughs> all right, next question. What are, <laughs> what are some great cinematic spaceship designs? Preferably mm. ones that aren't Star Wars. Because we get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd writes, The Nostromo and the alien ship from Alien, uh, Spaceball 1 and Mega Maid from Spaceballs, <laughs> and Nell from Battle Beyond the Stars. And Chris mm. writes, Had a girlfriend whose dad made the inside of the alien spaceship, so that's my choice. Okay, Chris. Hashtag humblebrag. <laughs> <laughs> really, he had a girlfriend so. right yeah <laughs> did you marry her <laughs> no, i'm kidding chris um i don't know if you guys would call this a spaceship but there's Go on. No, well, <laughs> well no in um <laughs> no <laughs> now now i've lost my train of thought with the movie but it's the jodie foster movie 
contact contact i was like they they give her plans to design i guess what is considered a spaceship i mean she uh, travels to space with it so yeah it's a, spaceship. a sphere which is pretty cool but um yeah, and then I, I'd also say like the um, the mining ship in Star Trek 2009, where Eric Bana is on. I was like, it, this is impractical, but I do see the, the size. Oh of the yeah, right I like that. I like the uh, cathedral design of Event Horizon. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Having just watched it, it's very fresh in my mind. Yes, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. How about a uh, Flost in Paradise from the Fifth Element? The big cruise ship. Oh yeah, New Dallas multipass. That's right. Got it. Has, <laughs> has an opera room and everything in there. You know. Yeah. I wonder what happens uh, in that opera room later. I don't know. Um, the uh, city of a thousand planets or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. that's actually, uh, yeah, it's like a bunch of like ships and cities fused together. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Valerian in the city of a thousand, the, the city of a lot. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Planet of ship. The city of um, a thousand planets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's planets. Uh, okay. Well, the last question is: Who are some great cinematic teachers? Chris has Lupita Nyong'o in Little Monsters, and J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Mark Wahlberg in The Gambler. <laughs> there you go. Stop trying to make people remember that's a movie that exists. <laughs> it's on his IMDb. Specifically for the teaching aspect of that story. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. He is a math teacher in The Happening. <laughs> Remember yeah. the gambler, though, where he's just, like, he's, like, in class, he's, like, laying down on the table and just, like, is he, like, throwing a ball up in the air and, like, teaching at the same time? He's just, like, doing, like, all the he's things. Throwing, he's, he's doing all the things that you he's think. He's literally, like, are... laying back, like, full back on the table yeah. and just, like, just, like, tossing the ball up in the air. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm oh, going to throw him in uh, Jennifer's body. He's a teacher in that movie? Is he? Yeah, he has the, uh, yep. he's, he's missing a hand, so he has the... Claw. Definitely forgot these quirky <laughs> details about that film. <laughs> I'm gonna add in um, Jaime Escalante in Stand and Deliver. Oh, on the calculus. Uh, yes, yeah, calculus. Um, and then uh, he's not cinematic, uh, but uh, Mr. Bergstrom, The Simpsons. Oh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, more specifically, Mr. Bergstrom. Don't there, forget, or Lisa Simpson. I assume there's a fair number of Harry Potter choices that we could have thrown in there but i don't care so i will go with um how about mr miyagi oh yeah yeah there you go wax on wax off yeah and robin williams in general he seems to teach a lot this is true yeah i mean he is a professor in goodwill hunting his yeah. academy performance and obviously a, a detective john kimball <laughs> uh I don't, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't name the movie i just said where did, det- where detective did john kimball hold- yeah, where did he uh, where did he put his shotgun in case things went south at that elementary school? I assume in the ferret's cage. <laughs> There's just a giant shotgun just <laughs> protruding from a ferret's cage. And Indiana Jones. Sorry, Professor well, Professor he Henry Professor Henry teach... Jones Jr. Yeah, did he? Uh, it seems like he was more on hiatus and sabbatical doing adventuring than. Uh, than there's two movies papers. where he is in his classroom, let alone in, in his office hours, where people For just can't stop. For two to him. seconds, and then the bell rings. Anyway, I, I had, he's, I'll, a, he's I'll a professor. <laughs> I, I'll accept it. His students love him. 
literally. <laughs> literally, which is problematic. You gotta go investigate. It's only problematic guy. if he acts on it. He hasn't acted on anything. He just he's in class. What's he gonna do? Not be I in class. I don't know. I mean, like Miriam was like, I was a child, which is problematic. Maybe he wasn't her teacher. It's not like he's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman from Twenty Fifth Hour. That one was <laughs> yes, problematic for sure. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. What? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no. You got me. I was like, does Jordan not know something that happened five years ago? Uh, Yoda. I mean, you know, he's quizzical. No, he's a great. <laughs> he's a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try. There, there is no do or <laughs> there is no try. He trained Only all those did. kids that died. Boo. That's sad. He still holds it against himself. As he should. <laughs> All right. That was, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Somehow that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now Third and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeisgeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. You can also find me writing at League of Entertainment, where my movie reviews are, as well as at Wise of Blue, where my Criterion Blu-ray reviews are. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash Walrus Moose, hashtag don't drink the blue. Jordan Grunt, anything you'd like to plug? You can uh, find me in Glendale, California. Come hang out. Say hi. Great. Nice, man. <laughs> Glendale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, you can find all the other episodes of this podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnotpodcast at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnotpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnotpodcast. And, of course, our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnotpodcast as well. Jordan, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Jordan. You. It's always so much fun. For sure. Look forward to having you back, obviously, for Space Jam, A New Legacy, which we have right written down in the notes here. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'll see you. With that in mind, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, come on, come on, take a ride. There's a party over there that ain't no job. It's live, live, it's all the way live. Don't even have to walk, don't even have to drive. Just slide, slide, slip it, slide. Just...